Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Red Sox fans, welcome in. This is Red Sox Beat here on CLNS. This episode is, of course, brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and enter promo code Celtics. Uh, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Red Sox Beat, on Facebook as well. We're on Tumblr now. We're on Google+. Plus. Um, it's great stuff, so go check us out everywhere. Um, iTunes and Stitcher, of course, you can listen to on Oreo listen to now. But, of course, if you want to help us out, go subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes as well. Uh, both of you, how are we doing? A little internet glitches before we started this recording, but we, I think we figured it out. After a bunch of attempts to not throw my computer out the window, um, we figured it out. So, how are you two lovelies doing? Doing good. Hanging in there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Jess, you're dying right now. <laughs> Don't worry about me. All right, let's see here. What do we want to do? I, I totally didn't open the Google Drive because of all these computer issues, so give me a second here. Um, what did you guys think of uh, Pedro's Hall speech while I'm getting this up here? I thought it was fun. Um, I knew there'd be humor in it, and I thought it was definitely pretty good for everything, all the comments that were made earlier this week about Dominican players, so I thought it was a good moment for him. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I expected a little more humor and, and funniness, but he was more into thanking people, and he obviously really put a Dominican feel in it since it's the, only the second player ever, which is a huge deal. Did he? Yeah, I, I was going to say, didn't he call um, Randy Johnson like um, brother from another mother? I thought that was really Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I meant cool. to put that in my, in my uh, article about it, but oh well. But yeah, no, honestly, I thought it was a great speech. We'll touch on it more later in the show, but I thought that I expected a little more humor. I did lo- I love that he shouted out Millar a couple times, who was obviously there sitting in the back with MLB Network. But um, yeah, no, it, it was a great speech overall. I, I honestly love that he went to Spanish, talking to the Dominican Republic people. Um, my, my TV wouldn't get the closed captioning to work, so I really didn't <laughs> know what he said until he recapped it afterwards. Um, but I think overall, the sincerity of it, and he really—I think he really understood what he meant. To, he means to the Dominican, and he really showed it. Yeah, it was a good moment. Good, good man. He's awesome. All right, I think I think we're good now with this like Google Doc loading. Everything's screwy today. Want me to give some reach results? Right. You can give some reach results. Go for it. All right. Got three questions since the last show. Actually, uh, first question was, how many games will Brian Johnson win this season? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's back in the minors at this point, so who knows what's going to come true here. But we had uh, seven responses. Uh, four people said three to five. Two people said one to two. And Lauren said six to eight. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but one or two might be the correct answer. But most people are on three to five. So, hey, we'll see We'll see what happens there. I, I, g- I gave you a good zero to two, I believe. And, uh, I, I, for, I mean, he's back in the minors, so that could come true. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think he's going to get much outing time because they like their veterans over there. So, But, uh, yeah, so check out. Obviously, we'll get you more reach questions out there as the, uh, the week goes along. Um, let's move on to some MLB headlines here. Uh, first, the Reds, first major trade of the um, trade deadline week here, have traded Johnny Cueto to the Kansas City Royals for three pitchers, including Brandon Finnegan, John Lamb, all, and Cody Reed, all left-handers. Um, not a star-studded return, but 
Quiddo's pretty much a rental at this point, so you're not going to get too much for him anyway. Um, on Sunday, history was remembered, of course, as Craig Biggio, John Smoltz, Randy Johnson, and our own Pedro Martinez were enshrined into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Reggie Jackson had an issue at the Hall this week. Uh, he came out to apologize for his profanity-laced tirade over an autograph seeker. And finally, the Rangers and Dodgers are the favorites to land Cole Hamels per ESPN sources. The Sox are still in the mix as well. Cole Hamels um, threw a no-hitter Sunday, uh, Saturday, I believe it was, for the Cubs, and it was his first career no-hitter, sure, to drive up his uh, stock come and come to trade deadline week here. I don't expect him to be on the Phillies after this week. Um, those are your MLB headlines brought to you by Lynda.com. Get your free 10 draw from us and Linda, go to www.lynda.com backslash CLNS to get your free 10-day trial for over 4,500 different courses taught by experts over a grand amount of subjects. Go on and check it out now at lynda.com backslash CLNS. <sighs> All right. Um, Johnny Quinto's a big news, guys. Um, obviously, we knew he was probably going to be gone at some point. The Red Sox were reportedly to be all in on him after they said they weren't going to be all in him. It was going back and forth. Um, the Royals had a deal last night, uh, that Sunday, uh, fell through, but Monday, uh, Sunday came through now after the Saturday deal. Sorry, excuse me, lost track of my days here, recording on a Sunday. Um, but yeah, still big news. He goes to the Royals and they're up, they're pushing to win that World Series this year. Yeah. yeah big deal. Oh. Oops, sorry. <laughs> it is a big deal, definitely. I mean, they're leading the AL Central by six and a half games, and with Jason Vargas out, it's just, I think it's a good ad. And his last outing, he threw eight shutout innings, so I think it's definitely a good ad for the Royals team. Yeah, if he actually gets run support, which he never yeah. got in Cincinnati, now he's going to probably have a really good record. The guy's a good pitcher. It's a huge deal for them. They're already one of the best teams in the league, and now they add a great pitcher, so good for them. Um, and yeah, obviously today the Hall of Fame stuff, it's a great moment. I love it every year. I think this is a great class. Um, I think Craig Biggio was the most underrated coming in, obviously because he wasn't the first ballot Hall of Famer, but he deserves it just as much as all the three other guys as well. I agree. I'm glad that he got it. Like I said, it's underrated and, um, I don't know. I just, I'm glad that he got it in finally. Yeah, he's a great player. A little underrated because he had Jeff Bagwell with him, but. He was a great leadoff hitter, and he got a lot of hits, and all the other guys are deserving as well, all great players. So definitely a great class, definitely one of the best. I loved his 3,000 hit. I remember watching his 3,000 hit game, and it was a great moment, and it was phenomenal. And he's a great player, of course, and he's going to keep doing good things for the game. And probably he's Houston Astros because he still lives in the Houston area. Um, this whole thing with Reggie Jackson, though, it's weird. If you, if you don't know the story, he... Um, he was getting at, someone asked him for an autograph, and he kind of went off on a tirade with some profanity. Um, there's some reports that he was pushing and shoving the fan. He came out and later said that didn't happen, but he did curse him out. Um, apparently, Reggie re- remembered him from a golf outing earlier, so he knew that he already asked for an autograph. So he knew that the guy was just trying to make money off him. So that's when the tirade became. He did apologize, of course. You knew he was going to. But honestly, can you blame Reggie Jackson for this? I don't think so. I think it's, just, it's a weird story. I mean, I just found out about it during pre-show, so I don't know. Weird. Well, the way I see it is if you're somebody as famous as him and as big of a position as he was in the past, you kind of got to control yourself in public settings. So I don't necessarily want to blame him, but I think you got to like control yourself too. Yeah, you got to give him a little slack, though. I think because obviously, I mean, obviously, this isn't the first time someone came up to make a little, a couple quick bucks off of him in his autographs. But especially a lot of times, you don't see these guys recognizing certain fans. So must have, something must have happened at the golf outing too. We don't know about. I think anyway that made him recognize the fan even more than most players would. I don't know, but obviously, I don't give him complete benefit of the doubt because you still shouldn't be swearing at fans for asking for your autograph. But um, just say no and move on. Um. And, of course, the Cole Hamill stuff's been talking about forever. Um, reports that the Rangers and Dodgers are favorites. I think the Dodgers will get him because Cole Hamill would probably rather go there, and he completely has most control of the situation. I'll just be glad when he's... <laughs> uh... You guys are struggling today. Everything's a struggle today. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think the Dodgers, if they add Cole Hamill's with Kershaw and Granke, then they're going to be pretty serious in the thing. I don't even care where he goes. I just am ready for us to stop hearing about his name because he's been on the trade block for like 20 years, and I'm totally sick of hearing <laughs> about it. Yeah, he. Um, I think he, I think his best fit would be for the Dodgers, and that 
that that rotation would kind of be like a scaled-down version of the Braves, but they had with, obviously, Maddox, Glavin, and uh, newly acquainted Hall of Famer John Smoltz. Um, obviously a little watered down. I don't think Greggy and Cole Hamilton are the same levels that rotation was, but that increases their chance because you've got to think Cole Hamels is going to be your three-starter in that case. So that's, that's a crazy deep rotation. Yeah, they just got to hope that Kershaw figures out how to play in the postseason for once. Yeah. That'd be nice. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they don't give him the ball as often. Maybe they give it to Cole Hamels instead or something just to give him less starts in the playoffs. I wouldn't like them to do that. I think at this point he needs to uh, face his demons and really just pitch well during the playoffs. But uh, that's obviously another circumstance they could do as well. But, um, yeah, let's move on from that. Those are your MLB headlines again. Um, let's talk about the Hall of Fame a little more, because obviously it's a big deal seeing Pedro get in and seeing him get in for the Dominican, second Dominican player ever to get enshrined into the Hall of Fame. His speech was great. Um, what did you guys think of the other three, though? Because we did touch on Pedro a little bit before we got into the show even more. But Craig Biggio gave a great speech, and it was first, so we kind of forget about it. Um, John Smoltz was a little more... I wouldn't say per- less personable, but he was already a TV personality, so we know what he's like in front of the camera, and he kind of just thanked a bunch of people and went on a long list of people. I almost fell asleep during his speech, to be completely honest. Um, but I think the biggest, the best one for me besides Pedro's was I really liked Randy Johnson's for some reason, because you never see that side of him during the during his career. All you ever saw was the scream and the long hair and just the aggressiveness and. He's not one to ever really open up, but he used, he was tearing up most of his time in the public spotlight today. Yeah, it's definitely different to see that side of him, an emotional side, when you're so used to seeing him, you know, so concentrate on the mound and, like you said, the hair and and that's why that's why I really like the the Hall of Fame because you see a different side of these pitchers that or the players that you don't see every day on the on the field. Yeah, I actually I didn't see any other speeches, but. I definitely want to watch the Randy Johnson one because he's an interesting guy. But I did see the John Smalls wore a wig. That looked pretty funny. Yeah, it was cool. It was really funny. He did wear a wig. It was cool. You probably didn't fall asleep yeah. um, that part. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I d- no, I actually saw the wig. I did like that um, Smoltz was encouraging you know, the younger generation about Tommy John surgery and uh, yep. kind of brought that to the attention. I really like that aspect of it, even though it was long and not very... Like personable, yeah, personable speech, colorful speech. But I like that he brought that into it because it is such a big deal, especially recently, yeah. the past few years. All these players and pitchers are getting the surgery, so yeah, yeah. Note that he is the first pitcher to be um, enshrined into the Hall of Fame who had Tommy John surgery. Um, uh, you'll probably you'll probably see more, obviously, but he is the first pitcher to have had it done to get into the Hall of Fame. Because there's one player I forget who it is who had it and is in now, but. Um, He's the first pitcher to be enshrined, and he has a really good relationship with Tommy John, he said. And he, and yeah, Jess, he came out and said, and he advocated for parents to let their kids play other sports, take some stress off the arm, don't let them make them use it year-round. And he's like, we shouldn't be having kids having Tommy John surgery at 14, 15 years old. Like, let your kids breathe, and if, they, if they're meant to be in the league, then they will. That's good. That's smart. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. Uh, what did Biggio, did Biggio say anything of note? Um... Uh, not really. I mean, he he thanked his teammates, his family. Um, he mentioned his parents because they both have passed away. So he got kind of emotional with that, and just um, talked about Bagwell. He talked about his managers. It was more of just a recollection of all the coaches he had and all that stuff. And um, just the, obviously, he harped on him being able to stay in the same club for twenty years. Yeah, that's because that's a that's big most that, that, part, Yeah, because that doesn't happen ever. No. So that's great. I do love that. Um, Randy Johnson went in as a Diamondback, though, and not a Mariner. Yeah, I like that, too. That's how I remember him growing up. Yeah, because, like, his his career, he, he don't get me wrong, He his teams when he was with Seattle were great when he played with Griffey Jr., but I think Diamond, when he was with the Diamondbacks after that was really when he made his career. He won the World Series there. I think that was just the place we had to go in with that hat at that point. That's probably the reason he got in, because of the World Series. Yeah. With them, I mean. He helped. He helped. Honestly, not, not. He really did help change the culture, though. There, and he was telling the story about how when he came, he became a free agent because he had pitched. Uh, who was it? Who did he pitch it with in between Seattle and Arizona? Houston. Houston. Yeah, when he pitched with Houston, he said he went like ten and one and eleven starts, something stupid like that. Um, and then he had a choice to make, and Diamondbacks pitched him on an idea of what they wanted to do and make their team about, and he got he bought in on it, and he helped change the culture there. So that's a big part of that too. Um, 
Side note, you're probably going to see Ken Griffey Jr. in the Hall of Fame next year. Just saying. Because um, he's up on the ballot next year. Oh, definitely. Been. But, yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the best speech was definitely Randy Johnson. Um, all, the, all in all, though, it's a great day. I'm definitely planning on making a uh, Cooperstown trip soon to go see Pedro's plaque because I need to do that. Definitely be worth seeing, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll have to get there someday. I lo- have, you, have, you, have either of you ever been to Cooperstown? No, but I'm going in September. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm so jealous. Maybe I want to go soon because I've been there once before, and it's the best thing ever. I, if you love baseball, you will love Cooperstown because it's just the scent of baseball. It's It's got that old school, like, old small town feel to it where, like, think about, like, if you think, like, 50s, 60s through, like, the 80s baseball of, like, town shutting down to watch the World Series, all that great stuff of why it's America's pastime. That's like how that town feels every time you walk in. That you have the ballpark there, you have the hall, of course, and just all the little towns and shops and bars on that one main street in Cooperstown. It's phenomenal, Lauren. You're gonna have a great time. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I'll no. You're, at some you're, point. you're gonna be. You're gonna. You're gonna fall in love with baseball all over again. I'm excited. Because that town is phenomenal, and that's why I'm pumped. Because they. I remember before. I think there was talks of like it wasn't official talks, but like people brought it up of oh, should the hall be moved out of Cooperstown somewhere closer, somewhere bigger? No, like never. That town has been there forever. That town is like breathe, eat, and sleep baseball forever. And I don't, if that hall ever got moved, I don't know what would happen. I guess I'll find out in September. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll you'll definitely love it. Just make the effort to get up there. Yeah, I want to at some point. Really um, all right, the Hall of Fame's a great day, of course, and we'll be talking about it again next year. Because, again, if Griffey Jr. gets in, love me some Ken Griffey Jr. Phenomenal. Love watching him play baseball. So that'll be fun to talk about as well. Uh, let's move on, though, because we have a deadline week to talk about here. Um, trade deadline is coming up this week. Obviously, the first move was made with Johnny Cueto. Um, that's the first big domino to fall. Like I said, we're sitting on Cole Hamels as well. I don't know what this team's going to do, guys. I really don't in terms of the Red Sox. Um, this option, there's so many options where they could do. I think Napoli has a little bit of stock now where you could probably t- convince some contender to take a risk on him for not much cost. Um, do they, are they going to try to add pitching? Um, are they going to go after Cole Hamels? I think they should trade Koji. Will they do anything at all? Like, What's going to happen with this stupid team come this deadline? I think that's what's going to be fun about this week is just to watch it and figure it out because I think they're going to be sellers. I don't think they're going to be buyers. But who knows? We might wake up trade deadline day and they have Cole Hamels. Like, you just never know what this team's going to do. Yeah, I don't – I want to – I think it would definitely be a good idea to see what you can get for Napoli, see if someone will take him because he has done well the last week or so. Um, and then – I mean, getting someone for the bullpen would be excellent if you can get a nice name bullpen guy. Because, I mean, even if, even if you're, I don't know, like, sellers, I think it's more like making the team better for the future, which could be this year or, or the future. It's like to get a good bullpen guy, get some get somebody for Napoli, maybe somebody young, and I don't know. Yeah, if, if they make some crazy move, somebody like Hamels, then, then obviously it makes you better for now and later. So I just want to see something happen that makes us better, period. I'm, I'm cool with adding... Adding, if it's someone who's under contract, I do not want them to buy. I don't. I don't think they're stupid enough to go after a rental pitcher. Right. I mean, that's who knows. But I don't think they're dumb enough to go after a rental. But also, don't put out the fact also in the off season that they could still get Cueto because he's a free agent after the year. So he's a rental right now for KC, and I know he was on their list, so he could potentially get here in the off season. Just saying. So that's an option to look forward to in the winter as well. But um, right now, I really believe they're not going to do anything. I just think this team doesn't know what to do. They don't have a philosophy. They might add small, and that might mean trading Napoli for a, like a low-end prospect or trading Koji for a high-end prospect or something little like that. But I do not think they're going to sell big because they, they have too much pride and they probably can't get away with selling someone like Panda or Hanley or anything like that. And I don't think they're going to buy big because I don't think they're going to get Cole Hamels. I don't think they're going to get anyone to that stature because they don't have anything big enough that someone wants, that they're willing to part with. You're not getting rid of Mookie Betts this week. You're not getting rid of Xander Bogart this week. You're not going to get rid of probably Blake Swihart this week. I don't know. They don't have anyone that they're going to be willing to give up that's big enough to get them anything significant. So you're saying it's going to be the opposite of 2014? <laughs> Basically. It's literally going to be like a very dull day. Don't have any expectations. And if they happen to wake, you happen to wake up and you see they, they, they're working on a big deal, 
I don't know what's going on because I don't think they should be working on a big deal unless it's something like Cole. See, I'd be okay with Cole Hamels only because he's locked up long enough that it's not just a rental player. You know you have him. I, I, I would have been okay if you could somehow get Sonny Gray from Oakland. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he, um, Oakland's willing to give him up. But someone like that is something that I'd be okay with. I don't need rental players this year. No, especially in a rebuilding year, I think you want to do exactly what it says in rebuilding. And rental players, I mean, they're good for a quick substitution for the rest of the year, but if you're rebuilding, you want to go out there and get somebody who's locked up. Yeah. So what, and you guys, say if we stick with the uh, small trend, because that's probably the most realistic, I don't know if you, I'm assuming you guys agree with that, but what part of this team do they look to fix short, like with that small deal? Do they go look at pitching first? Do they try to add maybe a bat they can fix first? What, where are they looking to add, do you think? I know it's hard to predict what Ben Sherrington does at all, but what do you think they're thinking right now? I think pitching. Bullpen. Bullpen? Yeah. The bullpen's really underrated, like, terrible. Like, Wait, they're not great. Should have been. Yeah, and obviously you missed out on Andrew Miller. You should have signed him. They, they didn't pony up the bills and pay for him, um, which is ridiculous. And now he's closing for the Yankees. Um, but I think bullpen's the biggest need in my eyes, too. Um, I'd say starting pitching, but I don't think that that's going to be able to be addressed right now. I don't think that they're thinking big-name starter because I think I still think they're targeting Cueto in the offseason. I really do. Because there was a report, I think it was Cafardo of the Globe, earlier yesterday, which would be Saturday, that saying they were, the Red Sox were trying to be all in on Cueto again. So clearly they wanted him. Obviously didn't go there. It didn't go that way. But, again, you have a chance to talk to him in the offseason. So if you can get a meeting with him, you could potentially sway him here and sell him on this team and have him be the ace of that staff. And that's great because you, clearly you're not training buckles anymore, which sucks, but that's not happening. But if you can add Cueto to the top of this rotation, um, hopefully by the end of the season Porcello fixes himself at, at all better, and then at least you have that one guy at the top, and then you might be able to add a couple more. You still have the young guys, and Rodriguez, Johnson, um, who looked okay in his debut, which I do want to talk about in just a second. And then also um, Henry Owens. You don't really know what you have in him yet, but he'll probably end up pitching at some point in September too. So I think big-name starters is their ultimate goal, but I don't think they're going to add him now. I think right now they're thinking bullpen, long arm, maybe a setup guy. If they trade Koji, maybe they try to, Find someone who has who throws heat to get heat start closing. I don't know, but I think right now they're thinking bullpen. Yeah, I think they have to. I mean, it's it's just been so bad the entire year, and you can't really count on anybody in the bullpen at this point besides UER and Tazawa. Like they don't even know who to bring in in close games in the late innings because you can't rely on anybody. Yeah, it's it's awful. It's getting bad. Um, would you guys trade Koji for the right deal? I mean, it's not really going to be a right deal, but would you trade Koji? Depends on who's going to close. Yeah, because then we don't have a closer. We don't yeah, have anybody to well, depend on. Uh, other than <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Make Tazawa the closer? I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea. What if you got like a decent prospect who would be ready in a couple years? But we still need, still need someone, a closer. Yeah, we still need someone for now. <laughs> okay, but clearly the team's not going to win now. They so still you need can a closer. Pa- you can pat- let Tazawa do it. You can patch that up mm. easily. I don't know. I Bullpen's think... bad enough as it is. We can't. I don't think we can lose him too. <laughs> yeah, I like you know. If there's going to be bright spots on this team, I think Koji is one of them, and don't get rid of him. He's I don't still think it's really worth... good. Who would be your number one target to trade? Napoli. Napoli. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Second. <laughs> Victorino. Uh... <laughs> Jess, you didn't answer me. Do you, actually, do you think Jane Victorino? Uh... Because you had to think about that. She was really quick. She got it. She was ready to go. Ruzinay I mean, I'm all for No, 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 no. Let's not trade Ruzinay just yet. I don't want him anywhere near the stage. I forgot about him. Yeah, everyone did because he's wow. terrible. <laughs> Who? I've been, I've been saying this ever since we got him. What a bad move. And it's continued to be. I've, I'm actually right about something. It's nice. Let's just bring Yohan Moncada to the big leagues and see what he does. Oh, I'd be like Castillo point two. Okay, no, but he's actually, actually playing well right now. You realize that. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> All right. Don't get it this week. I think they need to make some moves, get Napoli out of here, get Victorino out of here, play the young kids who you think, and see what you have, and then work that around what your plan is for the offseason to get better in 16. They can't afford to blow this thing up this week. They can't afford to do that again. No, I don't think so. And with Napoli's little hot streak, he's building a little value, but 
So he's finally over 200, his batting average. Yeah, he's not at 168. Yeah, 206, 203, something like that. But he's like 476 in his last four games, so it's like push that on people. I feel like he's not hitting 206, he's hitting 476. (laughs) He's just just not good. Overall, Hopefully you can uh, use this uh, lighting in a bottle, if you want to call it that, to um, figure it out and really... um, Convince someone to take him off your hands because right now he's just not playing well at all, and I think they need to figure it out sooner rather than later what they what their plan is. But I just don't think they're um, they're going to do that anytime soon. I just don't. They're not. They don't have a philosophy, and that's the problem with this deadline. There's no philosophy for them, so that they're supposed moving to be good forward, this year. Exactly. <laughs> so now they don't know what they don't know what to do, right. and they can't. They just paid Hanley. They just paid Panda. They're not going to get rid of either of them. So like now they're just like okay now what it's do you like do? what do you do? <laughs> they're stuck. They really are stuck. Yeah. Like I'm convinced they're stuck. They back themselves in a corner, definitely. Yeah. So it, it's not looking good for them. So we'll keep an eye on the uh, trade deadline talk for you. Obviously here on CLNS Radio, this is Red Sox beat, of course. So we'll keep you up to date with the written coverage as well on the website. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Any breaking news we'll bring to you uh, as soon as we can get it, get it to you via Twitter or rather rather a good quick. A summary there on the uh, website. Um, one thing, another thing, quickly, uh, Pedroia back to the DL. Are we shocked about this? I am a little because I don't take Pedroia as a player who would come back and be like, oh, I'm okay to play, but then, like, if he's not 100%, I don't think he's gonna, not going to play. So I am kind of shocked that it's the same injury and he's back on the DL because I don't see him as that kind of player. I'm not shocked because he played so poorly. So clearly something wasn't right, so it makes sense that he'd be back on. But yeah, I, I would have expected that injury to be healed. He was out for quite a while, so it's unfortunate. But I guess just playing as much as he did aggravated it again, so that's definitely concerning. Is he out with the, he's out with the same injury, right? Yep. Yeah, it turned black and blue, I guess, after the game. So maybe it's more than just a strain, and that's kind of scary to think. Yeah, it clearly wasn't a strain at all. Um, and clearly they were trying to word it so that it wasn't awful, but th- th- it's definitely more of a strain. It wouldn't go black and blue if it was a strain. That's my opinion. I'm not a doctor. Um, no. But I <laughs> don't think it would... I, Something worse. Yeah. I just don't think it would do that if you're just a simple strain. So um, you got to think maybe Pedroia said, okay, I'm fine, and he fought through some pain, and they made it worse by playing on it. Um, at this point, really, you don't need him. I don't think this, this season's lost. I'm really convinced of that. So... Um, it's not a huge deal. That's why they're not rushing Clay back either. He just got another shot in his arm, so he's gonna be he's um, shut down for another two weeks before they reevaluate him after the shot. So I don't know. This team's kind of falling apart. Are you shot? I mean, we're not shocked by Clay Buckles, right? Mm. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like the fact that he's that they every time they talk about Clay Buckles, they talk about Tommy John surgery or they talk about these shots because. I've had these shots that the he that he gets and they don't they're not very effective. Like it takes away the pain for a couple of days and then you're back to square one. Yeah, it's the cortisone shot he got, right? Yeah. You got a Yeah, I've had one in my shoulder because I don't have a great shoulder. Um, it feels great immediately, like really good. Um, and then like a week later, you're still fighting pain. It doesn't heal it, so I don't know what it's gonna do. Um, I, I think long term, he's better off having surgery and hoping for the best. Um, maybe he comes back maybe from that. Maybe he doesn't. He's kind of a brittle man. So um, I just don't get what the problem is. Like it was just soreness. Like why? Why is it such a big deal? But you know the way his body built soreness. Soreness could be something worse, or they just they lied to us, which wouldn't surprise me either. And it was not just soreness. Mm. And then something last week he was visiting Doctor James Andrews, which always concerns me. So whenever you send a player to Andrews. It's not just soreness. No, because yeah, he's probably like, probably a good motto. He's got motto. <laughs> Write that on Play Buckholz's tombstone. I went to I went to Andrews. It was not soreness. <laughs> yeah, you don't any, you don't go to him for that. No, no, like it's he doesn't go there just to get it. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. It was Andrews the one who gave him the shot though. Yes, I think so. Because he went, I think he went. It was Andrews who gave him the second. He was trying to follow up and see the pain and see what was going on because he apparently he was throwing a little bit and said he felt fine. But it was a little, still a little sore. This is according to the reports. I don't believe this is true or not, but that's what the report was. He went to get the second opinion from Andrews. They gave him a shot and they shut him down for two or three more weeks. This is the, 
Pedroia's I can handle because usually he plays through the pain. He tried to, and it just didn't work, and whatever. Clay Buckholz didn't look that uncomforting when he came out of that game. So going for a second opinion for a shot, I don't know how, if you're that hurt, I don't expect this to really help, like you said, Lauren. And I, I don't see him pitching again this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he shut down for the rest of the season come two weeks after this. I don't even think it's worth think, it either. Like, if there really is something wrong, why risk it further? Like, think about it. Saturday's August 1st. Um, you're not going to trade him anyway. So you're not losing. He's not, like, you're not going to gain any value by having him pitch at all and trying to get him back in mid to end of August, maybe September. At that point, pitch the kids. Let him rest. And if you really want him here still, which he's probably going to be anyway, you're stuck with him. Come back in spring training. Give him the surgery. Make him sit out a year. I don't care. Just There's no need to pitch him right now at all. You have enough guys. You have enough young arms that you can see what you have. Um, and honestly, I'm okay with that. You have Brian Johnson, who just started the other day. You have Cole, um, I almost said Cole Hamels. Who knows? Um, you have Henry Owens down there, who should be getting a start soon. I hope so. I really hope so. And then you have to kind of finagle it from there. But I just think that... The best thing for Clay Buckholz is to shut it down. I'm all even for shutting Pedroia down. Screw it. Like, he doesn't need to play. No, we're too far out to just risk further injury, especially to someone like Pedroia, who's been really good this season, one of the brighter spots for this team this season. And he always plays with everything he's got, so shut him down, just let him rest for the next year, next eight months, whatever it is. The thing that kills me, too, is Pedroia it had all these injuries with his hand and his, in that area, and... Now he came in this year feeling healthy. He was he was playing well, and then something else happened. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's never going to be healthy again. It's ridiculous. I know. Why? No, probably not. He, he, I think. How old is he now? Thirty-three. Thirty-one. No way. Whoop. He's not thirty-three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I I think he's thirty-one. Yeah, he's I definitely do. thirty-one. Let me confirm. Uh, yes, he's thirty-one. Okay, Lauren, you're a little off there. He will be thirty-two uh, in three weeks, though. Okay, so never mind. You're kind of off. <laughs> <laughs> just a year. Um. But yeah, so honestly, not getting any younger, though, to be honest. And he could probably afford to shut down, completely heal, whatever it is that he has going on with him. Not soreness. And and not a strain. And just move on from it next year. And at this point, who cares? Let the young kids play. See what you can do. And maybe draft someone actually good this year when you have a high pick. I just want to know if he's ever going to play a full season again. Probably not. Don't be shocked if that's a no. Yeah, but he was so good. Like I feel like he didn't fulfill his full potential. I feel like he should have. I don't know. Yeah, because he's injury. I'm unsatisfied. But he shouldn't be though. I get why he is. Why, he played why, so hard. Why is? Why should he? Why shouldn't he? I don't be? know because he's a great player. He should be. Okay, like, doesn't mean he can't be injury prone. Mm-hmm. Lots of guys are great who are injury prone. Yeah, well, you're not really great if you're injury prone, in my opinion. But he's good when he. Pedroia is good when he plays. Yeah. Well, if you don't play, yeah. you're not good. <laughs> That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He's he's only as good as he, if he plays. That's what I'm saying. It's like not. It's I don't know how you say lots of good players are injury prone, but are they really good if they're injury prone? I don't know. They're they're. Ta- my point is is they're talented, but they just can't. Okay, like they talented. have the All right, now. that's a good word. That's I'll good. I'll change it to talent. They they are talented players who can't stay on the field. Dustin Pedroia has a lot of talent, and we've seen it. But since that whole wrist issue, he hasn't been the same, and he's just. He can't stay on the field now. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, it really is. So it's a shame. But um enough of the the sadness. Let's um let's move on here. Let's talk a little fancy baseball. We'll do some ads here. We'll get you caught up on what we think you should do. Um let's start with Jess. Alright, my first guy is a Saint Louis Cardinal outfielder. His name's Randall Grichik. He's been with him for a little while. He's a good player and he's had a really good year kinda of under the radar. He's uh, for the season, he has 11 home runs and 36 RBI, but in July, he has four home runs and 15 RBI, including two two RBI games in the last couple of games. So he's been doing really good, and he's definitely underrated, but he could definitely give you some good fantasy stats. So pick up a Randall Grichik. Nice. Lauren? Um, back on the pitching bandwagon here. My first pick is Aaron Nola from the Phillies. Um, he made his MLB debut, and I really liked what I saw. He looked very poised on the mound, like he was some... Some kind of big-name veteran out there. He went six innings, six strikeouts, one earned run, no walks. Um, he did rely a lot on his fastball, but he's got a really good changeup. Um, and the only thing that is concerning about him is the wins may be difficult for him to come by because it's the Phillies, but if he can maintain the numbers, then he's going to do good things for your team. He actually made his second yeah. start today. 
How do you do? Seven and two thirds innings, five hits, four runs, six strikeouts, and got the win. Actually, there you go. All right, all right. Even more reason. Go get Aaron Nola. All right. Uh, my first one is going to be uh, Danny Duffy of the Royals, starting pitcher. Um, since he came off the DL, he has posted a 2.15 ERA over those six starts, and in July, it's a 1.37. Um, kid's really good. I think he's getting his health back and um, pitching for a staff now that has Johnny Cueto. There's probably going to be less pressure on him, so I definitely would go get Danny Duffy. All right. My second guy is Seattle pitcher Hisashi Iwakuma. I had him earlier in the season. I know Jared has him as well. Uh, I got rid of him after he got hurt. He's been out for most of the year, but he's back now, and recently he's actually been pitching well. He's, he hasn't lost since he came back from the DL. Um, his last three starts, he's given up four runs total, 0-2-2. Two, and two. He's won two of those games. He's been going pretty deep into games for the most part, so he's actually pitching pretty well. So I hate to say it, but go pick up Uwakuma again. Uwakuma, I, I was patient with him. Yeah, smart. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Got rid of him too soon, Jess. No, he was out for like three months. I don't feel bad about it. Oh, okay, never mind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he he didn't really start the season, so. Um, well, my second pick, another pitcher, is Irvin Santana, who just recently came back from an 80-game suspension. But he's been putting together solid starts. He's 2-0 and since returning. 2-6 ERA, 21 strikeouts. And his whip's pretty impressive at a .976. Um, he was really good in his last start, and if you're struggling with ratios, he's a good guy, good guy to get, pick up. So maybe he's doing steroids again. And that's why he's putting up good numbers. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. But hey, he's got. If he's going to do good for your team, you might as well go get him. Embrace the embrace the roids. Yeah, I think fantasy doesn't care about roids. Yeah. This game is missing roids. I miss the roids in baseball. Sorry, to all you purists out there. <laughs> um. All right, my second one is going to be another pitcher as well. Uh, Chris Tillman of the Orioles. He is was supposed to be really good this year. He has not been for a while. He did not get off to a good start. But uh, since June 21st, he's been increasing steadily and now is much better. Uh, his, K, his K per 9 has increased since June 21st. Um, his, his walks have dropped, which is a huge thing. And he hasn't given up a homer since June 21st. Um, He's, I mean, that to me that shows he's he's locating his stuff better. He's not making as many mistakes, especially with the less walks as well. So his control's better. I think he's try, kind of coming into his own at the right time for the Orioles. So hopefully he can for you too. I th- I think it's a good pickup. Um, I think he's back. I think he's figured it out. He's in, and I think you should go get him. And that is it, I believe. Right? We got all through all of them there. Yeah. That's all right. So uh, Jess got Rattle Grishik, right? And uh, Hisashi. Uh, Hisashi. Yep. Hisashi Iwakuma. Thank God for me for holding on to him. Uh, Lauren suggests Aaron Nola, who now has two quality stars in the big leagues under his belt, and Irvin Santana. Again, love the Royds, man. Embrace them. Um, and I had Danny Duffy for the Royals and Chris Tillman of the Orioles. And that right there is your wonderful fantasy update here on Red Sox Beat. And it's brought to you by the wonderful DraftKings. Baseball is in full swing, and you can be part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments, just instant cash, and, of course, instant gratification. Why wait until the end of the season to get paid when you can win huge prizes every single day at DraftKings? It's like a brand-new season every time you play. All you got to do is go pick two pitchers, eight position players, and pick up your cash, and that's it. Ask Peter from Colorado. Last year, he won a million bucks in one day simply playing fantasy baseball here on DraftKings. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have already cashed in at DraftKings. Now it's your turn. New contests start daily, so hurry to DraftKings.com right now and use promo code New England to play for free in today's $10,000 Fantasy Baseball contest. Enter New England for free entry now at DraftKings.com. I love it. It's great. I'm never successful, but it has me coming back, especially with football season coming up as well. It's a great daily thing once your team's kind of a fault, especially now even with Fantasy Baseball. Um, most, a lot of your teams are struggling, but you still enjoy the rush of Fantasy Baseball. DraftKings give you that new rush every night. You get it. It's a nice reset button every night. DraftKings. But, uh, yeah, DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on here. Um, before we do any like previews or anything like that, I do want to talk about Jess's boo. Not Jess's boo, Lawrence's boo. Excuse me. Can you make some <laughs> stuff there? Um, Brian Johnson made his debut. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't awful. Um, Lauren, I know you thought it was good. 
But why? Why do you, why do you have hopes for high hopes for Brian Jones? I mean, I didn't think it was anything spectacular. I thought it was better than a lot of people thought it would be. And then with the Sox terrible offense, he I mean, he couldn't really do much, but um I did like what I saw. I do think he'll be back up here in September, maybe even August. But I don't know. I think first game jitters could have got to him. I mean, he could be like, well, this team's terrible, so why should I give it my all if they're not going to give it their all? I don't know. I, But like I said, I liked what I saw. I think he'll be back up here, and I, I still think he's going to be he's gonna be good. I'm still, I'm still on that Brian Johnson bandwagon. How about I do my uh, week recap so we can, like, talk about these things? Do you want to? Sure. I was, I was going to do that after we talked about Brian Johnson, oh, okay. but if you want. If you if you want to do your recap well, now, I don't have a lot to say about him. So, okay, well then let me say something quickly, and then I will gladly give you it over to you for your recap. All right. Um, I thought it was a good start. I thought, despite there was a little bit of control issues, I thought, but his stuff worked for the most part. He didn't look intimidated at all by the um, by being in the majors. I think he looks like he's poised, and obviously being lefty helps in terms of getting more opportunities. Um, but I think you have a solid guy there, a back end of the rotation guy, if you want to keep him around for the future. Um, obviously, it's hard to tell just one start, but I think he'll be back up. He might not get the six to eight wins or whatever Jess predicted on the reached question. Oh, that was Lauren, actually. Um, okay. <laughs> My, whatever Lauren predicted. Not this. Uh, I don't know why you're thinking <laughs> I'm the Brian Johnson guy. It's her. I don't know why I'm mixing you guys up today. But, um, yeah, so I thought it was good overall, though, and I, I think moving forward, I'm excited to see his second start, whenever that may be. Also, tough situation for him because he was coming off of, like, 15 days of rest. So it's kind of tough to pitch in that situation. <laughs> yeah, they should, <laughs> they should definitely give him more starts. Uh, I don't think he looked that bad. I definitely want to see him some more. So agreed on that. All right. Um, we'll labor through this terrible week that it was. Yeah. Hint, there's only one win. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I'll start with a doubleheader on Monday, July 20th, because the game Sunday was rained out that we were talking about on last show on last Sunday. Yep. Um, So the doubleheader happened, and Sox had already lost two in a row to start the second half of the season, and that continued. Uh, First game on Monday was an 11-1 beatdown by the Angels. Eduardo Rodriguez pitched, and he was terrible. Absolutely awful. He gave up seven runs in the second inning on a RBI single, RBI double, R- two RBI single, two run homer, and ho- solo home run. Tipping those pitches again, man. I don't know what he's doing, but he's really streaky. And he's pitching tonight, so we're going to find out what he does. But Cole Calhoun and Albert Pujols hit the home runs. So the game is basically over before it started. Red Sox got one run in the fourth, and then the Angels got four more right in the bottom of the fourth to make it 11-1. That's all that mattered the rest of the time there. Uh, the Sox patched together the last several innings. Uh, Robbie Ross pitched three innings and didn't go up a run, so go Ross. But that was a terrible game overall, <laughs> 11-1 to loss. So you thought maybe they could get something better in the second game of the doubleheader, and that game wasn't particularly fantastic either. The Angels won 7-3. to Albert Pujols hit two more home runs to give him three for the day. Um, the Angels got up 6 nothing before the Red Sox scored including four in the third inning, and then Trout's home run in the fifth made it 6 nothing. Sox tried to come back. Ortiz had a home run in the sixth, and Pools had another one. Bogart sack fly, 7-3, which was the final. Um, Andrew Heaney got the win for L.A. He's 4-0, pitched seven innings, two runs. Uh, Stephen Wright got the loss, gave up six runs in five innings. He's had a rough time of it, as we'll get to further in this recap. So there was your four-game sweep to the Angels and a nice four-game, five-game losing streak going back to the Yankees series. Rough. Rough. Yeah, definitely rough. Um, so we headed to Houston on Tuesday where we hoped we'd get some wins. And we all predicted a couple wins in the series. Didn't happen. Uh, the first game was rough. Do you think the Sox would do well after losing four straight against the Angels? Come out on Tuesday and <clears throat> it was good for a while. The Sox were up three. 3-1 after 3. That's with a 2-RBI double. Bogarts with an RBI single. But Houston got 4 runs back in the bottom of the 5th, and then 2 more in the 6th, 1 more in the 8th, and it was 8-3 to three after the 8th and 8-3 to three final. That was the Brian Johnson game. He gave up 4 runs, 
three hits, four walks, and three strikeouts in four and a third innings. Justin Masterson didn't help out too well, giving up three runs in an inning and two thirds. And the Sashes got down and couldn't come back once again. So that was five straight losses for the team, which brought us into Wednesday, which was a much closer game for the Sox. It was a 4-2 Houston win, another tough loss, because that made it six in a row, which was rough. Um, this is the Preston Tucker game. Tucker let off the game second batter with a home run in the first. Evan Gaddis hit a solo home run in the fourth to make it 2 nothing, and then Preston Tucker got another home run, two-run home run in the fifth to make it 4 nothing. Sox got two back in the sixth, but that's all they get. It was 4-2. to two. That was Joe Kelly's return to the mound. He gave it four runs. Three homers and five and a third innings. Not too good again. And the Sox didn't even record a hit until the fifth inning. So, bad offense. Too many home runs on pitching. And there was your sixth straight loss. And it finished off with a... Uh, finished off just how it started. The road trip, actually. Uh, Houston won 5-4 to four on Thursday to get the three-game sweep. And to give the Sox a 0-7 seven, oh seven road trip and eight losses in a row. Uh, Mike Trout had a walk-off home run to start the road trip. Jose Altuve had a walk-off home run to end the trip. And that was a brutal loss because the Sox came back in that game. They were up one nothing. They were up 2-1. to one. Then they got down 4-2 to two in the seventh inning. People thought they were out of it. But Ortiz had a home run in the eighth to make it 4-3. And then Napoli crushed one to left that Preston Tucker just froze on, went over his head, tied the game at four. All for Jose Altuve had a home run at the bottom of the ninth, just over the wall, off Craig Breslow, and that was your ball game. Another really great start by Wade Miley. Uh, only one run in six innings, but couldn't 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 get that ball game. Uh, so that was the road trip, 0-7, eight straight losses. Fortunately, it brought us into back into home on Friday, where believe it or not, Red Sox actually won a game. Took 11 innings, but they did win, two to one. Um, Xander Bogarts had a walk-off RBI single. Uh, Rick Porcello against Justin Masterson, two former really good pitchers who have been bad this year, and they both pitched great. They both gave up one run, eight innings for Masterson. Uh, sorry, for Verlander. <laughs> Seven for Porcello. I don't know why I said Masterson. Masterson got the win. We'll go with that. Um, good ball game all around. Not enough offense for the Red Sox again, but Bogarts had three hits and the game winner, and Porcello did pitch well, so we'll give him credit for that. It uh, took 11 innings, but finally the Sox got a win. And then the week completed, because we're doing the show before Sunday, tonight's game. But you think the Sox would get some momentum after that win? No, sir. Detroit won 5-1 to on Saturday. Sox couldn't get any runs off Alfredo Simon, who shouldn't be that good. He's had a terrible season since the first month. A stinker for Stephen Wright, but Alfredo Simon pitched well. And... Nick Castellanos had a game. He had a two-RBI ground wall double and a solo home run. Sox only got one run. What really hurt was in the second inning, Ortiz got thrown out of the plate, and that would have tied the game. And then the Sox could only score one run the whole rest of the game. So Stephen Wright, two rough starts this week. The Sox with a one-and-six week so far. I guess it would be one-and-five because tonight hasn't happened yet. And tonight's matchup is Eduardo Rodriguez against... Shane Green. Shane Green's been pitching terribly recently. He's got a 6.52 ERA. So you really, 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 really hope that the Sox can do something because he's been garbage. Five runs last game, seven runs before that, five before that, six before that, seven before that. He's really been absolutely terrible. So see how the uh, kid does in prime time tonight, Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, could be a lot of runs in this game because Rodriguez has struggled recently and Green's been even worse. So intriguing game tonight hopefully Sox can pull out a win and get two wins on the on the week they could really use it and yeah they could they could take the series from Detroit so big game tonight Sunday night baseball at eight o'clock um go Rodriguez and go Sox I guess my uh MVP for the week I guess I'll give it to Bogarts because he had the walk-off winner in the only game they won and he just keeps hitting he had two hits on Monday in the first game, two hits on Monday again. In the second game, two hits on Tuesday. A hit on Thursday. I mean, Wednesday. Didn't get a hit on Thursday, but three more on Friday night and one on Saturday. So, Bogart's definitely the player of the week, player of the year. Sitting over 400. Player of the lifetime yeah. of the team. He's had a great year. He's sitting 310, hitting over 400 with runners in scoring position. So, I think you got to give it to him. Can I tell you what I loved about that walk-off? That he was very patient, 
and didn't force anything. All he did was hit a single, opposite kind of like made the opposite. It wasn't complete opposite field, but it was. He didn't force it. He didn't pull it. He's very good at off hitting opposite field and proving that. And he had the stones to sit up there and be patient. No, all he needed to do was hit a single. He did that, and the game's over. And that's why this kid is going to be great. I love him. Like I have a huge like man crush baseball player style on him. Like. And you all know that by now. I love this kid, and he's showing it time and time again. Whenever they need him to step up, he is. Like you said, Jesse, sitting over 300 already this year is insane. And this kid better not be, go anywhere because for once they have a shortstop who could be here for a while since Nomar, and they, they, they better not screw it up this time. No, they got to keep him, definitely. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't, but then against the Red Sox, so. This position has just been such a rotating door since – they traded no more. One year and out, yep. <laughs> Exactly. So I think they finally found someone, and they're going to stick with them, I hope, and I hope this is uh, good signs to come for Sandra Bogarts and the Red Sox. Again, though, tough week for the Red Sox. There's a recap, of course, from Jess Thomas, the one lonely win, and they barely got it. Um, but hopefully a second one tonight. Yeah, looking forward to that game tonight on ESPN. Um, if you already watched the game, hopefully they won. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that, this, we got a good week ahead of baseball. Obviously the deadline's coming up. Uh, Pedro, for fans, is being honored in number being retired on Tuesday at Fenway Park. That'll be a good time. Can't wait. I'm going. I'll be very excited. Um, have um, a blast. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I happen to already have tickets. I, I got lucky. I already had tickets to that game, and they announced that that's when they were doing it. So I just kind of like walked. I kind of walked in the back door on that yeah, one. You're but um, lucky about that. I'll take advantage of it. I probably would have tried to go anyway, so it just saved me a couple bucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think though this week the biggest thing was. They just they, they weren't scoring runs. Like you said, Wade Miley had a decent start. The pitching wasn't as bad as we expected it to be this week. They just weren't hitting again this week, for the most part. But the problem with it was, when the pitching was struggling, which happened in a couple of games, the offense did nothing to bail them out. So they exactly. they got no runs when the pitching was good, and they got no runs when the pitching was bad. It's just, yep. like, you can't it's, win that way. It's just it's this inconsistencies. And you know, you expect inconsistencies in your pitching. You're not going to get a gem every game. But that's why you need the offense, who was supposed to be amazing this year, to step up and help you out. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, done with trying to help them get by with this. Like, I, I, they're not good. This offense is struggling. Hanley has, like, one hit, and I don't even know how many tries. Like, it's ridiculous how no one's producing. Um, Pablo Sandoval was, got benched because he hasn't been producing. Mike Napoli, I'm afraid every time he gets to the plate. Uh, Sandoval's been um, terrible. He's, uh... He didn't get a hit, did he? Or wait a minute, let me just check. No, he didn't. He's he's O for his last. Um, let me just do some quick math here. O for his last eighteen. Come At this on. point, shouldn't he just go back to switch hitting and just figure it out? <laughs> like. Honestly, though, because we signed him as a switch hitter, he's been a good switch hitter. Why at this point in the year you're not going to win? Why not try to just figure it out? Why not go back to hitting righty? Well, especially at the moment, he's over his last eighteen. Might as well try something else. Exactly, it's stupid. I don't know. It just makes sense. I'm to so me. tired. Of, I'm so tired of him. I, I, ugh. I'm all for him still. I think he was a good signing because you needed him. I think he, you overpaid for him. I think he was a little bit of an overrated player coming in, but your options were kind of limited. I didn't want Chase Headley, so I think. It was a good signing still for what it was. I knew you were going to overpay for him, but I think he's underproducing. You're, you have him for a while. I think he's going to have to have a bounce back year next year. Same with Hanley Ramirez, depending on what you do with him. Um, I, I think I'm intrigued to see where this team goes next year, what they're going to do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Charrington and or John Farrell are both, or one of them are gone come next season. Um, we'll talk about that more later as it comes, but I, I do, side note, think they're joined at the hip. I think if one of them goes, the other one goes at this point. But, um... Yeah, so that's your week, uh, rough week, like like just said, not fun to watch. It was struggle, and it's still a struggle to watch. And I w- we won't really sugarcoat that for you, folks. It's it's been rough to watch. We know that uh, Patriots training camp starts this week as well, so we know it's going to be even tighter for people actually w- willing to watch the Red Sox because everyone's just going to want to watch the Patriots news rather than actually watch a game. Um, but we're, we're hoping for some good, at least some decent baseball. I'm intrigued. I'm watching for Xander Bogarts. I'm watching for Mookie Betts. I'm watching for Blake Swihart. I'm watching for those guys to see what we have in a little more excitement in the game. And I'm honestly watching for Hanley Ramirez because I'm intrigued by his bat, and it's kind of humorous at this point to watch him try to play left field. And they've got good players. They just can't seem to put it together. Yeah, it's a struggle. It really is. So um, before we get out of here, um, I want to do a little, we'll do a little preview, of course, of this week. we got three, four against the White Sox, three against the Rays, all at home. Um, of course, Tuesday and Wednesday they have Pedro Knights. Tuesday being the night they're retiring his number, and they're doing another ceremony Wednesday um, 
I believe, all in Spanish. Even Dominicana night. For the Dominican Republic night. So they're doing, I'm, I'm luckily I'm going to the English night, just because I wouldn't understand <laughs> what they're saying. But uh, Tuesday night they're doing the English night, and he's putting his number up, and then Wednesday night they're doing a, another night in Spanish. Um, they're giving away fatheads on Wednesday. They're giving away um, replica plaques of his Hall of Fame plaque on Tuesday. So I get that, which would be very exciting. Um, I'm bummed. I'm going Monday. I'm missing all the fun. You're missing oh, all the fun. Geez. Nothing's happening on Monday. Um, got to give Pedro time to get back from Cooperstown. But um, all right, so yeah, so we got four against the White Sox, three against the Rays. I'm going to start off by saying they're going to they're going to split with the White Sox because the White Sox aren't a good team either. So I'm going to give them a little benefit of the doubt that they'll probably win two against the White Sox. Um, I just think that the Red Sox aren't consistent enough to put four games together or three games together to get some wins, but I, I think a split makes the most sense. These teams are both equally bad, so I think they'll just kind of beat up on each other and each get two wins. Yeah, I'm going with a split, too, so I don't know. I just don't have much. Jess, Jess you're being optimistic, though. Yeah, I'm going back to my optimistic ways. Uh, I think after a, after a horrendous week, I want them to do really well. I think they're going to win tonight. And I'm picking three out of four from the White Sox. The White Sox did just sweep the Indians, so they won four in a row. So it's time for them to go bad again. They had their moment. Now the Red Sox can have their moment and win three out of four. Ugh. All right. Well, there you go. That's crazy. What were you going to say, Lauren? I, said, I just said, I hope so. I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Um, Jess is being very optimistic for the rest of his re- of his preview as well, so we're hoping he's right. Um, then the three against the Rays, I have them losing two out of three to the Rays. Um, they're just, I don't know, they have trouble against the division. They haven't played well against the division all year. Can't see it changing now. Uh, three and four in the week for me. Yep, um, I think, Jared, we have the same thing. I'm going two out of, uh, losing two out of three from the Rays and the same thing there. Because we're awesome and we're right. I mean, duh, but... <laughs> Why don't you guys be a little more boring and speak the exact same thing? <laughs> all right, I'm going seven and oh. Yes, yeah, right. there it is. <laughs> No. Uh, I'm going with the sweep of the Rays. So six and one week. I know it's not very Ballsy. Like, I know it's not likely, but I feel like why not and get them a little closer to five hundred again. Maybe they can go on another horrendous losing streak after that and break everyone's heart. But it's a bunch of home games. It's seven home games, like let's go, let's win some ball games. Let's go six <laughs> and one. Screw the Rays, they're not good. They're only they're two games under five hundred. They're struggling now like they should be. So let's take advantage of them, beat them down and uh, let's say they win tonight. Let's let's assume they win tonight. If they can win tonight and then go six and one, then they'll be fifty and fifty six. Woohoo! Getting there, almost back to five hundred. Closer, yeah. Let's do it. Um, I'm intrigued by the Wednesday Dominican night though because I'm I'm almost hoping that it like goes back to the old atmosphere when Pedro um, was pitching and all the Dominican flags were there and he, like he turned that ballpark into like a international soccer game. Like, it was insane when he pitched. All the flags flying everywhere, all Dominican. Like, it was insane when he pitched. And I'm thinking that atmosphere might happen on Wednesday night as well. It'll be fun. I love when Pedro's involved with anything. It's always so much more fun. He's just a fun person. <laughs> he is. It's just great. Yeah, he is. It's awesome. All right. Well, this episode, of course, was brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase at Casper by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and enter that promo code, which is, again, Celtics. Go on and get the discount. Great mattresses and, again, a great sponsor. Um, like we just previewed, tough week ahead, um, but fun week ahead because, obviously, we all love trade rumors. Even just in baseball, we love trade rumors. So, a uh, big week ahead for baseball and the Red Sox. Um, Jess is being very optimistic. Laura and I a little being a little more realistic for the week. Um, but again, Pedro Knight's coming up this week, deadline, end of the week, um, just baseball on in general. Um, of course, football starts this week, so for all you football nuts, you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I'm right there with you, Lauren. But um, anyway, that's a good week for this, so we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, of course, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Tumblr, Stitcher, iTunes, Anywhere you can think of to post stuff, we are there, so go on and check us out. Please also rate, review, and subscribe us uh, on iTunes as well. It would be a big help for us. Um, any, new, any news on your end? Do you guys want to promote anything? You guys have your fantasy article coming up? Uh, yeah, we have the fantasy article coming up tonight. Uh, so check that out. And I just have a couple of baseball notes and crazy stuff today. we got the Rockies have scored 17 runs in six innings tonight. Nice. Wow. Ten, run, ten run third inning, well, yeah. Love it. And the uh, Angels have scored 13 runs. In eight innings off of the Rangers, Mike Trout is four for four with five RBI home runs. Love Mike Trout. And in the Colorado game, uh, Carlos Gonzalez has two home runs. He's got uh, three hits, four runs, and six RBI. And then some dude named Ben Paulson 
has four, four for five with four RBI, and I believe he has two home runs and a triple. So wow. Add up to your add up to your fantasy team that one right there. Yeah. I was gonna say, we got I got ads. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. I did. I do have uh, Duffy though for my ad, so good one, Jared. There you go. All right, uh, that's it. We're gonna wrap it up there. Again, this is Red Sox beat on CLNS Radio. Until next week, enjoy your week of baseball, everyone.